0: Hello there, I'm Alyssa Olenek, scientist, exercise enthusiast, weightlifter, outdoors lover and entrepreneur. I believe that the extremes in the fitness and wellness industries are leaving way too many of us out of the conversation, not telling us the knowledge that we actually need to succeed in our health, our wellness, our nutrition, and quite frankly, our lives. They end up giving us black and white polarizing messages that leave us more confused than giving us the answers that we need. Through my 10 years of studying exercise science, metabolism, and female physiology, as well as exploring the outdoors and being a fitness athlete myself, I'm here to bring to you the conversations that need to be had in an industry that often is too far focused on extremes. if you join me on this podcast, I truly believe that life is best lived in the messy middle. Hello there, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Messy Middle podcast slash YouTube. So today we are going to talk about a topic that always kind of seems to be a hot topic in the fitness industry and it creates a lot of confusion and or people feel like they cannot get a direct answer on and that is step counts. How many steps do you need a day? How many steps do you need if you're active? Does being active erase sitting a lot if you have a very sedentary job? And how do we improve our step counts if we are someone who is more sedentary throughout the day? What do we want to be looking for? What is the goal here of improving our step count across the day? So. First off, if you are listening over on YouTube, if you can go ahead and hit that subscribe button and like this video, and or when you're done watching, leave a comment and let me know what you learned, what you enjoyed, if this helped clear up some of the confusion for you, so I know how this benefited you and anything else you'd like to learn. Same thing over on your favorite podcast platform. If you can go ahead and hit subscribe, leave a rate review on there as well. Let me know that you love of the podcast, anything else that you would like to learn and be sure this over on Instagram, tag me so I can know that you're learning and benefiting from my content. So let's dive into today's episode and or video. So step counts, the great debate is how many steps do we need to be taking across the day? And so let's cut to the chase. The 10,000 step rule, is something that gets tossed around a lot, right? So when I started talking about today, you are probably thinking that I'm gonna come out here and say, you need to be walking 10,000 steps a day. And I'm not gonna tell you that that is a bad goal because it isn't a bad goal, but we need more context to this. And so we can better understand what our step counts need to be and how this matters for our life. So to start with, when we look at all-cause mortality, which is what a lot of studies that are doing when they're looking at what to figure out how many steps or how active people need to be doing a day, as they're looking at all-cause mortality which is a fancy way of saying how many people who did x amount of activity or engaged in x amount of activity over time in these large databases died over time quite frankly so it sounds morbid so they're looking at all-cause mortality and or rates of disease so cancer cardiovascular disease metabolic disease things like that over time so they're looking at the people and how active they were and or self reported activity or measured physical activity in large cohorts, so tons and tons of people over time to see, okay, where does this land on the spectrum of activity and or related to disease risk and outcomes? And that's how they derive these numbers. So when we look at these studies, they are kind of mixed. Now, a lot of these studies are very well done. There are these large epidemiological studies are looking at large groups of people, and they do give us a good range of what to look at. So I wanna start by saying that when we look at this data, what we're seeing is that no matter what you're doing right now, if you increase your step count or your, your steps that you're doing each day or you're moving more over time compared to anything that is your baseline, if it is low, you are improving your health. So if you're only getting 1,000 steps a day in right now and you increase it to 2,000, you are going to be improving your health and your health outcomes, right? So I don't want you to think that, oh, I have to do X or Y amount of numbers every day to be a healthy person, everything counts. And what it appears to be is that over time, every increment of stepping or activity or increased daily step activity that you're doing up to about seven to eight thousand steps has a drastic and significant exponential decline on risk of health so your risk of developing disease and or having poor health outcomes and or mortality goes down which is a good thing you want it to go down otherwise you could think about as the inverse is there's exponential improvements in health outcomes so to speak, with an increase in activity up to about seven to 8,000 steps. Then from there, like it's a very rapid, steady decline. From there, we start to see it plateau a little bit. So once you get kind of past at 8,000 steps, the health benefits don't seem to be drastically improved compared to that of just getting 8,000 steps a day. Now there's some caveats to this. It doesn't mean that you don't get additional health benefits past 8,000 steps a day, but the large magnitude, the the, the majority of those benefits are coming from kind of that first about seven, eight thousand steps or so. Especially if you were someone who is generally sedentary throughout the day, you're not very active. That's where we start to see more of a plateau. Now. That is kind of the rough and general guidance, but there have been a few more papers that have come out over the past few years that have shown benefits and step counts up to 12,000, even up to 17,000 steps per day. Now, those are pretty large targets for steps, but keep in mind that is kind of total daily steps, and you are really kind of not wanting to like go from zero to 100, right? So you're not hurting yourself. like aiming for these ten thousand plus step counts a day it's great to be more active it's great to be active across your day it's great to break up sitting but if that seems unrealistic to you just because you can get benefits up to that point doesn't mean that you aren't getting benefits below that so what i would say when it comes to your general health your wellness your well-being when we're looking at these studies and we're looking at these all-cause all mortality and these risks we see this just this exponential decline in health risk up to that point about eight thousand steps so does that mean that ten thousand steps is false Not necessarily because we do see a lot of health benefits at 10,000 steps and that's a great goal for a lot of people, but I would recommend maybe aiming for a range or maybe aiming for something that's slightly more than what you have right now. But we're looking at this, this is especially true for sedentary individuals. If you're not engaging in high volumes of activity or exercise outside of like a gym setting and walking in or general daily activities, the bulk of the physical activity that you're doing, you really want to maybe be more reliant on step counts as a metric of health and physical output and just being generally active across your days and you also may want to err on the side of a higher step count if that applies to you. So if you're someone who's maybe not doing a ton of traditional cardio maybe doing bare minimum resistance training you're not maybe even meeting the physical activity guidelines you can supplement that to some degree with increased step activity and counts. Now I'm notoriously known for saying that stepping and or daily steps or walking is not the same as traditional cardio and or you know even resistance training But that doesn't mean that there's no benefit to it. And it doesn't mean that if you're not doing those things that there isn't added benefit to that walking or those steppings, even independent of that. Just because the adaptations are different doesn't mean you're not getting health benefits. And a lot of people can become very healthy by having high step counts, even if maybe you are neglecting those other aspects of your fitness, there's a lot of health promotion coming from that and or just having that consistent muscle contraction across your day and reducing health risk. So if you want to achieve specific physical outcomes or goals, of course you're going to have to do more physical or more specific physical forms of physical activity. But if you are someone who is maybe more sedentary and or unable to do specific types of fitness or cardio or lifting, increasing step count relying on that more and or using that as your main mode of activity across the day is a great place to start or something to do even if it's like kind of the bare minimum or you're non-negotiable and or just like the least that you could do during busy seasons or if you're having a hard time getting to the gym you can kind of shift towards that a little bit more now again my general disclaimer is that the intensity cut does matter here and if you can try to increase your walk pace even in your day-to-day life to a more moderate risk pace you will get a little bit more or benefit out of that walking. There's actually some studies that show that walking pace can be related to you know risk long-term health or longevity. You know, being a swift walker can contribute to an increased cardiovascular stress of your walking or be reflected of your muscular skeletal health. So maybe pick up the pace and or if you can across your day and to up the intensity of your stepping, go ahead and take the steps more often. Walk up an incline, you know, pick up the pace, maybe kind of put some shuffle hustle on your step. To get more bang for your buck on the steps that you're doing especially if you're relying on steps entirely as your main mode of physical health activity and output during your day-to-day life so with that being said one of the biggest questions that i'm then asked to follow up on this is what if i'm already active right a lot of you who follow my youtube channel listen to my podcast follow me on instagram or wherever you follow me on social media are generally trying to meet at least the physical activity guidelines and or you have pretty big serious athletic goals and so we need to think about what that means in relation to our step count and physical activity you know a lot of people like to say sitting against any smoking but or you know 20 minutes of exercise a day doesn't erase the benefits of you know being sedentary the rest of the day and i'm, I'm really bad at mocking these people without they seem really mean but um the point that I'm making is you hear a lot of these claims, but let's add some context and beef up our understanding of what this actually means. So we kind of have already established in this podcast that having out seven to 8,000 steps a day is a good minimum to establish for health, right? And anything above that can continue to increase and benefit our health. And so that doesn't not necessarily apply to people who are physically active. It's not a bad thing to be physically active and have a high step count. That's totally fine to do. A lot of people do it to increase um, their general activity out across the day, maintain energy expenditure. If there's someone who like is worried about fat loss and dieting, and they're trying to you know maintain activity so that if they're in a deficit, they're not walking less, moving less, decreasing that. But if you are a generally active person who's already crushing in the gym, you're doing a bunch of workouts every week, you're running a bunch of miles, you're hitting your resistance training goals, how many steps do you need every single day? And so there's actually a good bit of uh, literature on this that's very interesting. And we can, you know, put up some graphics here in a YouTube video maybe to show this. And so there's a handful of studies that have looked at different step activity levels versus cardiovascular fitness response and or our response to cardiovascular exercise and or basically our metabolic response to training in people with high versus low step counts. And now I really like this this data and this kind of these studies because they're kind of in my realm of expertise. And looking at exercise and or postprandial or post-meal, fat oxidation, blood glucose clearance, lipid metabolism, things like that, triglyceride appearance and disappearance, things that are essentially a fancy way of saying how efficiently your body is metabolizing glucose and fat after you eat or in response to exercise. And so some of this data is really cool because what it essentially finds is that people with these lower ends of step counts getting as low as like 5,000 steps a day or below. They have impaired fat oxidation to glyceride clearance and or blood glucose um, metabolism rates following postprandial eating, which is basically saying after you feed someone, they have a more favorable metabolic response where they're clearing glucose and uh, triglycerides or fatty acids out of the blood more rapidly and or just having a, you know, a lower peak in that. So they're not even getting as high in your bloodstream following eating, things like that. Um, versus having a more unfavorable response, which is where you have higher triglycerides, you have more to fat oxidation, maybe your blood glucose lingers around for a while. So when you have a lower step count, even if you are a generally active person, some of these new studies, now these are acute studies, are showing that the individual response to clearing out lipids and glucose and having a like greater fat oxidation, more metabolically over response is greater in those who have a higher step count even if they are undergoing activity or in conjunction with physical activity usually this is cardiovascular type training in these types of studies and what they're seeing essentially is that if you are stepping more you're essentially getting more of a benefit out of that that adaptation or that acute or short-term response to that exercise training and that's really important right because we know um that exercise training itself improves postprandial or the next day, or in general, your fat oxidation. And honestly, that's from a meta analysis that Regis and I, with my lab mate and my PI in um, my PhD, actually published. So it's Pearson et al. 2020, I think that was published in. Um, But basically, exercise in general increases our fat oxidation It's one of the powerful and positive effects of exercise and we see more of a significant response to this um, with more intensity, more volume, higher energy expenditure type activities. That's why we have this with cardiovascular activity. And what's really cool about these studies is that it's showing that if you are not physically active the rest of your day outside of that single bout of cardiovascular activity, that some of that benefit is blunted, right? And so that can feel scary, but we'll get context to here in a second. But rather that we want to be moving across our days and that the cool thing or the more positive spin on that is that if you're active outside of your activity, just through walking, right? We're not saying you need to work on multiple times a day. You kind of get more benefit out of that physical activity, both in a metabolic response, but potentially how you're adapting to it in the short-term and potentially the long-term, right? Because having a more positive fat oxidation response can be indicative of longer-term benefits in adaptations to cardiovascular training, right? But at least in the short-term metabolic benefits that you're getting from training, it is improved or magnified or enhanced by having a higher step count. So again, we're starting to see that step counts in this parameter, so You know, when we're looking in these studies, what we're essentially seeing is that maybe we don't need as many steps as those who are, you know, more sedentary. They might need 8,000 steps a day or more in order to reap these health benefits, but they're essentially finding that about 7,000 steps a day getting no lower than about 5,000 steps a day is kind of this sweet spot of where we're starting to see this. However, some of these studies did have their high activity groups going to eight, nine, 10, 11,000 steps a day in order to elicit these benefits on individuals. So you could probably be like kind of bank on similar parameters for those who are doing activity outside the day and aiming for the lower end of those exercise guidelines for steps for baseline metabolic health on top of your daily physical activities the messy middle podcast will be right back after a quick word from our sponsors are you confused about what supplements you should actually be taking in a world full of juice cleanses detox teas fancy promises it can really be hard to trust anything but high quality supplements when dosed appropriately can actually help support your fitness goals and that's why i use legion I've been using Legion Supplements since the beginning of this year, and after years of never really fully committing to one single brand due to lack of transparency in their labeling, unnecessary fluff, or just reporting things as blends and not knowing what's actually in my product, I finally found a solid science-based product line that fits my supplementing needs. Legion's products are 100% naturally sweetened, and my favorite part, they're fully transparent in their labeling, and they use dosages that are actually backed to what the science says you need to be effective and support your fitness goals. And not the least amount you can get away with, and not just labeling as blends, but fully transparently telling you what's in your product and why they dosed it that way. And this is huge, because it lets you know exactly what you're taking and if it's actually going to be effective, and then you can know what's going into your body. My personal favorites are their Cinnamon Cereal Whey, yes, it tastes as good as it sounds, the Mocha Cappuccino Plant Protein, Pulse, their pre-workout, which comes in non-stimulant or caffeinated stimulant-based, and Recharge, the Recovery Blend, which also gives me the creatine I need to move weights well in the gym. Legion offers 100% money back guaranteed if you're not happy with their products, and you can save 20% off your first order today with our code MESSYMIDDLE at checkout. That's M-E-S-S-Y, M I D D L E at checkout to save twenty percent today. So that's a question that I get a lot when I talk about this. Is like, okay, well, is that steps on top of my activity, especially my runners, right? Where your tracking devices are giving your steps of your run plus your steps of your day. So what I would say is that if you are doing a lot of high activity, whether that's you know you have a track on your pedometer or your fitness tracker because you are doing it by running. And or if you're cycling or you're doing some other forms of physical activity where you are stressing your body, you're in the gym for about an hour or so every single day, you still want to aim for no less than 5000 steps, but about 5000 to 7000 steps per day at a minimum. That's kind of what I would say would be the lowest to still get benefits from it. But again, you can still get benefits past this. You still don't want to you know hold yourself back from these things. You still can get more benefits beyond that. But the interesting thing that we're going to talk about here in a second is that there's a review paper that sums up some of these findings of a lot of these studies really succinctly that I have a few key takeaways that I want to read you here that I think are really important for you to take away with this. You don't freak out about having to get in your run and your lift in ton of steps every single day because I can personally say that when I'm in a race training season or I'm exercising a ton every single week, I start to worry less about steps because my activity get, level gets so high that I, I know that I'm sufficiently active as long as I'm continuing to like break up my sitting across the day. I'm not being totally sedentary across the day. And sometimes that happens with the job. That I have. I'm sure it happens to you too. It's okay, um, but I think that you know we want some context of this because you can be slightly active, moderately active, and very highly active. And so, when we look at all of these data together, and in general, we look at like people of different incremental levels of physical activity. What we see is that people who are essentially having a higher level physical activity, so very, very high levels of weekly physical activity. Now, they're expressing these in METS, and METS is kind of hard to explain with examples, other than I can toss up a chart here on YouTube of what uh, individual activities look like with daily METS. But to give you an example, running at seven miles an hour gives you 11 point, that's an effort of 11.5 METS. Walking at a very brisk pace, so about 4.5 miles an hour um, gives you a METS of 6.3. Um, and or risk walking that's like 3.5 to 4 miles an hour is five mets. It's a more moderate intensity type thing. Um, washing dishes is a mets of two. If you want some references at that. Um standing at a standing desk is 1.8 mets versus sitting is one point three. So it gives you some examples here. We'll throw up a chart on YouTube so you kind of have an idea of what I'm talking about here because Met minutes is more common in physical activity guidelines, but it can be confusing to l- the lay public because it means nothing to you right like expressing things in intensity or calories but you can think about vigorous activities as being kind of that six seven eight out of ten type effort moderate activities being that four five six and then light activities being that one two three out of ten effort and you want to accumulate a good bit of total um, activity Hours per week or day in these different categories across time in your training plan, right? And that reflects a lot of what I tell you every way. Polarize your training, mix low and easy activities, balance them across the week. But anyway, to get to the main point of what I was saying here, so I, I'm done with my disclaimers because I know that the these are the types of questions that you guys are going to have pre- before I get the chance to answer them. Is that when we are looking at people who are sedentary and/or or more vigorously active, and they're all case mortality and or incidences of disease what they're looking at is this one review paper had 13 studies that had like over a hundred i think it's a million people here if i'm reading the number right who were assessed for two to 18 years following this and 8.4 percent of them died but when they looked at all case mortality and or risk what they found is that daily sitting time was not associated with increased all-cause mortality in those that were the most active and so what does this mean Essentially having less than four hours of sitting time per day in the highest quartile physical activity, which was 35.5 met hours per week, had no increase of mortality during follow-up in those highly active who sat eight hours a day. So the very, very, very active, the highly active, the super active people, essentially people who are, you know, exercising get like very high levels of activity. I'm trying to quantify that. So if you think about running at seven miles an hour, give or take a more moderate intensity run being 11. If you were doing about three hours, three hours, four or five of cardiovascular activity and resistance training and or other forms of physical activity per week, that would get up there and to the 20s to 30s met minutes per week. Um, but those who did the least less than four hours a day and had the lowest activity, less than 2.5 met hours per week, they had significant increased risk of all-cause mortality than those who were most highly active. And one of the interesting findings that they found was that watching TV three plus hours a day was associated with increased mortality regardless of physical activity level, except in the most active, where mortality was significantly increased only in people who watched TV for five hours a day. And the highest levels of moderate intensity physical activity about 60 to 75 minutes per day and that's a little bit more quantifiable for you all seem to eliminate the increased risk of death associated with high sitting time high activity levels lower but does not eliminate the increased risk associated with high tv viewing time so while many of you might not say to watch tv a lot you can still probably translate that to a lot of other activities that are very sedentary um, at least in the states americans in general we do watch a really high volume of TV. I mean, I'm a pretty highly active person and I do probably watch one to three hours of TV a few nights a week, quite frankly. Now, very active. I tend to watch it while I'm do other things, but you get the point, right? Like even the most active of us are sitting on our computers and watching YouTube like this video and or sitting and reading a book or sitting and watching TV. So essentially leisure time, sedentary activity or high bouts of sedentary activity in general are not good for us, but doing high levels of physical activity, the more you do, the more it decreases the risk of this. And this is kind of also why when I'm doing high volumes of activity, I'm working out five, seven, 10 hours a week as I get closer to increased race periods and or I'm doing high volumes of physical activity. I don't worry about my step count as much because I know that I'm getting in so many hours of physical activity and training a week that I'm not too worried about it. And so when we reference these values given here in this study, Instead of met minutes, which can be a little bit more confusing for you all, it does give about that hour window of physical activity. Now, unfortunately, a lot of these guidelines come from cardiovascular type activities. However, you still want to include your resistance training in there to some degree. But if you were being physically active between your cardiovascular and resistance training, probably about six, seven, eight plus hours a week, having very high physical activity levels, you probably don't need to worry about your steps quite as much as those beneath it. Now. Is this me saying that you all need to go out and start working out five to seven to eight plus hours a week? No, because for many of you, that may not be feasible. But that's where we can merge this literature and our knowledge together to know that kind of on a spectrum of being more physically active means you can worry less about steps. And that's important because sometimes you get to the point when you are training that many hours a week where you're like, well, where am I going to find the time to go on these like three miles worth of walking a day on top of my training sessions, on top of everything else? So as you shift more towards that, you can kind of think to yourself, okay, I can I can pull back worrying about my steps, so to speak, across my day. And as if you're in a busy season of life or you're not running as much or your cardio is down or maybe you are just someone who only wants to work out 30 minutes, four times a week, about two hours total, give or take, that you can just increase step count across your day and still get health benefits in conjunction with your exercise training. So you kind of have to marry these two thought camps together, right? There can be two truths at the same time. So no, activity and exercise in most people doesn't eliminate the risk of sitting all day long, unless you are really, really active, then it does. Now, this does not mean there aren't still benefits to walking more across your day that doesn't mean you don't need to or have to walk but what i would then suggest for most people ties into our last like section of this podcast and video is increasing our step counts and the importance of step in general so why is walking good for us having increased step counts recommended why are so many people stressed about this and there's a few reasons so one There's a lot of literature or science that shows that walking after you eat a meal or in general can help with blood glucose regulation across the day and or your post meal blood glucose regulation. So a lot of people are worried about glucose spikes anymore. And while there is some merit to that, one of the best ways to reduce that blood glucose spike after you eat or after meals or in general, is to go for a walk. That is one of the things I suggest for people for managing blood glucose if they have type two diabetes or any sort of metabolic disease, but anyone can take advantage of that. So regular physical activity breaks can help manage blood glucose because your muscles have these little glucose transporters that will come to the outside of the cell to taking glucose independent of insulin. So you do not need insulin in order to get that signaling for the glucose to come from your bloodstream into your muscle, which means it's independent of insulin. So it's not giving your body that stressor to release insulin, to bring that glucose into your cells, which is important for people who have poor insulin sensitivity such as a metabolic disease states or type 2 diabetes but it can be health promoting and beneficial for all of us right like relying on your muscles contraction over insulin can be a positive and beneficial thing so having frequent walk breaks and or some sort of physical activity breaks across the day is essentially contracting your muscles continuously in little bits intermittently across the day and you're getting that benefit from a metabolic standpoint same thing's true is that it's putting stress on your vascular systems and so having constant contraction and forceful blood throw going through your vasculature as you're doing your walking across the day is just going to improve your vascular health and your vascular outcomes right cardiovascular health isn't just your heart it's also your veins and arteries across your body and that's one of the benefits of exercise is pushing and contracting and expanding and stressing that tissue so it has to adapt right it's just like everything else with our body we don't think of those as much so you have improved vascular health that comes from moving more frequently and or even just like moving your muscles during the day has been shown like they have like little calf things under desk in some studies or those little pedal bikes just to improve muscle contraction across the day so the idea here is more so to break up sitting. And that's one of the things that when people worry about, you know, not getting to a specific step goal, I tell them, don't worry about a specific step goal as much as I want you to think about just breaking up your sitting across the day first. If you need to just forego the numbers on your Fitbit or your Apple Watch or whatever you use, your Garmin, just think about breaking up sitting. And so one of the things that I can suggest for doing that is setting an alarm. Every time you get up to use the bathroom, take a lap. If you can, when you're going somewhere or doing something, use the steps, you know, increase the distance you park from somewhere. I know these are really easy things. Um, and or people say these things all the time, but what you need to do is to build these kind of habits into your day and the things that you're doing. And you will indirectly do that so you're breaking it up more, right? So if you are you continuously sit all the time and or you tend to work through and ignore any cues to get up and move, it's not only going to benefit your mind and your work productivity, right? But it's good for your health and you probably are taking breaks anyway. So even if you take a break to scroll at your desk on your phone, take that as a cue to stack that habit and go for a walk. If you use the restroom during the day, take it as a, you know, a time to maybe take an extra lap, a couple extra steps, things like that. Build it into what you're already doing the day, but don't worry about necessarily step count off the bat. That is a great metric and we do have data to support it, but you want to think about just breaking up your sitting across the day. The same is true and goes for people who are physically active and highly active. Even though if you are doing tons of activity across the day, you're getting tons of contractions and you're getting tons of metabolic stress and benefits across the day and or you know you are getting a lot of health benefits from that but sitting up throughout the day isn't necessarily the best for you or even your recovery right you want to keep getting blood flowing to your tissues you want to keep that contracting you want to keep moving so you don't maybe need to worry about step counts like I said before but I would suggest that you still break up your sitting across the day even if you aren't aiming for large step counts or you are more active or you're highly active you know we don't want to sit for eight hours straight every single day. We want to break that up. And there is some good data out there that even shows that taking, you know, really short like breaks every hour and doing either like some hard all out activity or taking a walk break or a step break can improve metrics of cardiovascular health, but can improve just metrics of metabolic health as well. It doesn't need to be something super big and fancy. Even a minute or two or three of some sort of activity across your day, whether you're doing air squats or some burpees or going up and down a flight of steps and or taking a lap, whatever that looks like. You know, it doesn't have to necessarily be formal steps, but you want to be breaking up your sitting every day across time. That is the main goal here. Yes, higher levels of physical activity and muscle contractions and cardiovascular fitness and stress and strain on your body is good for you and does lead to these adaptations. And steps are probably not the end all be all right that we make them out to be. There's probably multiple ways to skin a cat here, so to speak. But the idea is that you're breaking up, your sitting across the day and we're not fully sedentary across the day. But we're also giving your body something to stress and adapt to. That doesn't necessarily have to be steps, right? And steps aren't the same as some of these other forms of activities. Now, that's a conversation for another day. But when you're thinking about it, I really want you to think about how can I just break up my sitting more? How can I build into my day ways for me to move, to contract my muscles, even if that is just some air squats, even if that is, you know, you know, walking lunges with your toddler, you know, because they don't want to sleep and you need to keep holding them or, you know, you are just taking an extra lap when you want to scroll on your phone during work and or just using your bathroom time as a way to get in some extra movement, run up and down the steps during your day of work. All those little things can have compounding efforts and they're just ways for you to get more of a stress or strain on your body, move your muscles, get contraction, and these things lead to improved metabolism and metabolic health outcomes, response to how we eat, responder to food, but are just good for us in general. So. That is my spiel on all things steps and walking here today. Maybe another conversation for another day is that walking is not the same as cardio. Um, but we want both, right? So to give you like the quick solution answer to that is you want both, right? So ideally for most of you listening to this today that you're probably aiming for like seven, 8,000 steps a day regardless of your physical activity level and then you are aiming for, you know, the exercise guidelines too on top of that so that you're kind of getting the most bang for your buck, your resistance training a few days a week, you're doing some formal cardio a few days a week and you're not fully sedentary the rest of your days unless you are the most active, crazy, people out there right we're getting so much activity that it kind of doesn't really even matter how sedentary you are and even then i'm probably going to recommend just that you break up your sitting more often even if that does apply to you so if you found this helpful you learned something please let me know leave a comment rate review subscribe all of the things it means so much i appreciate you being here uh, please let me know, you know, in the YouTube comments or on Instagram slide it to my DMs. Let me know a topic for another conversation that you would like to hear. What would you like to have on the podcast and or here on my YouTube channel here? Otherwise, I will catch you on next video. Thank you so much. And we'll see you next time.